With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. W-J-B-R Internet Radio For the Inquisitive Mind And the Sophisticated Ear Welcome to WJBR, Internet Radio. Legendary artist or someone brand new You miss a lot when you miss one day At least that's what I heard somebody say But it doesn't really matter what whoever says It's always a good show With your bonnet to rest Yeah Brunch in the basement With your bonnet to rest Yeah Who we got today or what we doing today Whatever it is, it's gonna be good I love you all so much. We can see you now. I know. And thank God. Yeah. That's generally the response we get from everybody, but we keep it clean. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hope everybody has had a wonderful, wonderful week. And if you're snowed in, sit back, relax, and enjoy.
Good morning. Good morning, Debbie. Sandra. How's everybody? Sandra, what's popping? Good morning, Mom. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, how you doing? Yes, good morning, Mom. How you doing? Oh, man, you know. Um, I'm trying to figure out if this snow has stopped or am I just seeing residuals? No, it's still coming down a little bit. Yeah, my my um, better half is determined to get out here. She's already paved for Brave, you know, because Brave gets his stuff first, you know. Oh, of course. His little groove in the deck and all that stuff, She has. she's already shoveled that out. I said, well, you may want to wait because... Oh, no, it must be done now. Oh, okay. How about I just wait? Yeah, yeah. Because by then it's going to be okay. Take care, Brave. Did you see see the video of the little girl that I was talking about? I, I think I sent it to you on Instagram. She pops up all over the place. I have to, you send it to me on Instagram? I think so. I think I, I tagged you in one of her little videos because um, she popped up again. And and it's just it's something about this kid. One, one day, I don't want to do it, you know, without her parents' permission. But, you know, when you put your, your kid out there like that, I mean, not that, she, not that they're putting their kid out there like that. Let me just rephrase that yeah yeah when when you post videos you have to realize that those videos are then public domain and can be shared unless you only um post them privately you know what i'm saying so i would not be doing anything wrong if i posted one of those videos but this little this little girl has this little energy and this fire but not only just the energy and the fire for, I think she's about five years old, four or five, probably five, and she sings when that whenever she feels like it, and she has a she has a good tonality and she can you know hold her own for a five year old you know, eh. but she's but she's good right and she's about most complexion, she has these big bright eyes, and she has a a unique way of seeing things like your wife does. You know, she's just like off. What, I didn't see it in my inbox. Um, what what I like to say is I, I perceive Mo as being something like um, my little cousin, God rest her soul, um, who their brain works a little differently than most of ours. In that they they dance to their own drummer and they they they're funny when they don't mean to be and and they're funny to us because they're just being them but it's funny to us because that's not what we would normally say or how we would mo- normally think like that mm-hmm. process and mm-hmm. and um just say it like wait a minute son no wait you know like and that right. little girl has that energy and and she also has a little bit of a lisp, I think, but not to say that I don't think Mo has a lisp. She does. Does she? Mm-hmm. So, so maybe that's also a piece of it. This little mm-hmm. kid, she's adorable. That's the mm-hmm. other thing. And and your wife, let me just say, 
is adorbs. She you. is freaking adorable. Um, as and I'm going on and on and on about her this morning, obviously because um, yesterday was her birthday, and you let her tell it. You know, which is another u- unique way of of uh, seeing things. She said this is her fiftieth year alive, so she is celebrating her fiftieth year, not a birthday. Oh. You know? I should have known it would be something different. This is what I'm yeah. saying. Different. This yeah. is this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the the little girl in in the most recent video I saw, she asked her brother, I think it is, how old was he a long time ago? Because if he's 17 now, she wants to know how old was he a long time ago? And he's like, "What are you talking about?" So she asked her mother, and so her mother just says 16. She says, "Wait a minute." She starts counting on her fingers. <laughs> this is perfect. She said, this is perfect, but you can't chew gum with your braces anymore. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? Because, yeah, he's like, what are you talking about? Because um, you don't have braces, so you can't tell me what, what I can and cannot eat with braces. She said, we're just going to have to cut. No, you're just going to have to eat apples. He says, well, you can't eat apples with braces. And she's like, well, we're just going to have to cut them up so you can eat the apples. Because that's what, like this little, like, she's like running him. But at the same time, like, what are you talking about? You know, it's just that this whole cute little energy. But um, said, who, who actually told us that thoughts need to connect? Thoughts you know, need to be thought. Exactly, and and don't be afraid to express them, whatever they may be. Whatever you know, um, I I just want to say also that Monifa, as most celebrities, received a lot of um, happy birthdays and so forth in in you know social media. She was celebrated as she is worthy of, very worthy of. The difference is that Monifa put out a very heartfelt video in thanks and gratitude for those who posted and and wished her um, a happy birthday or or happy birth year or whatever it is that she's celebrating. People, you know, showed her a lot of love, and and she was touched by that. She was moved by that and does not take any of it for granted. Um, I know this is not the Monifa show, but I'm I'm really <laughs> I'm really on it this morning, and I think um, because of the, just because I, I just think she's dopeness. But um, that level of gratitude is not always shown. Mm. Um, I've come across people that I've even done things for, and I didn't get that kind of gratitude in a in a video or or even in a thank you. Um, you know, sometimes people just take things for granted and she has never taken anything for granted. Not no. a damn thing. Um I I think this thing here, right, that she signed for me many, many years ago, that is always within arm's reach when I'm sitting down here in my um creative space. Right? Um, when she saw that she had written, she was like, I, I need to know what I wrote on there. What did I say? Because thank you, Jay. You know, like, thank me. Thank you. You know, you know, it's interesting. And, um, you know, she was, uh, she, this week has been very introspective for her. 
and um, and she is one that practices and believes in meditation and prayer. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's nothing to come in and look around and find her on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, so um, fifty, you know, has been a milestone um, look, you know, uh, for her for a very long time in consciousness and from her journey when when you guys understand part of her story you'll know why um and as it relates to and i don't want to say too much about that cuz that's her story to tell um but it was a very it was a very meaningful heartfelt birthday um you know social media was one thing but the telephone ringing was crazy and you know and just just being excited, she goes from being, you know, and she's she's a person, you know, um, that uh, allows herself to feel, you know, and she's in her skin with it, you know. She doesn't, she gives zero fucks about what it looks like, you know. She allows herself to feel, you know, and sometimes that can look a little outrageous to folks, you know, because she is when she's joyful, she's joyful, you know it when she's when she's sad she's sad you know it when she's angry she's angry you know it you know she allows the the feeling to to move her to you know she she allows it so you know some of us um depending on our backstories you know um uh may either not be comfortable with a certain expression or may not be um uh, or may want to control certain expressions for what it makes us feel or what it makes us look like. She gives zero about that. That was something that I had to um, learn about her very, very early. You know, because I'm like, because for me, it, for me, it could be a little okay. You know what? I could, I could hear my my brain saying, okay, Red, that's enough. Just you know, get this together. Come on, snap out of it. You know. And she does when she's ready. But when she's ready, it's done. You know, and and that's um, something that has actually inspired uh, inspired me. And it's also too um, in her um, chosen field of you know translating energy and translating emotion, you know, um, translating sound or portraying characters. It helps there too, because you don't have that falsehood dangling, you know, around. It translates. It helps her translate her art. So. What you see is what you get, you know. Um, you know, I'd, uh, I I would ask her often, um, do you think someone can take advantage of this? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> she says, not at all. She said, because, you know, I know how to back people up off me. You know, that's that's what it also comes with, you know. And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, actually, you, you do. And she said, and if not, he got them. <laughs> you know, and I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, so Mo, Mo is just you know a, a really unique um, person. She's just very, very special, and um, you know, happy fiftieth anniversary mm-hmm. of life. Half a century, girl, and still looking fly. I so so. Cheryl and I have this. I don't know whether or not she's actually listened to her voicemails yet. If she, I'm sure she has like a thousand and fifty to go through. But when she gets to ours, 
we are both just clowns when it comes to <laughs> oh, she's love it. Yeah, when it comes to birthdays, um so we did our rendition of a birthday song for her. Oh, nice. Which is you know, she loves 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 Cheryl's voice. And yeah, but she won't I don't know that she'll it's not like Ave Maria or anything right. like that. It's just, she's not. Right. We we're just we're just funny with her. But I'm sure she now. If, see, if it was authentically you, she's going. To oh yes, it was nothing but love. But um, and and we were having fun with it. But um, it, it, it herein lies the my conundrum. If I say you know Cheryl, you know I need you to sing. That ain't happening. <laughs> what? Let Monifa call her and say Cheryl, I need you to sing. Oh, sure. Let you call her and say, you know, Cheryl, we need you to sing. She'll be like, me? Okay. You know? All right. Me? Thank you. But such is the story of my life, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Listen, you know, I get the same thing, just different ways. It's just it's just what it is, you know. Um, if I have to put on my, my um, stoic uh, babe, I, I need I need uh, for her to say, what is it? Who? Because um, because I've messed up in the past. You see, mm. I've messed up birthdays, and then had her sing, and then not the birthday. <laughs> so she said, that. "You just got me out here singing happy birthday, oh willy nilly, <laughs> oh willy nilly." Yeah, that happened. Actually, she video. She the last time it happened, she made a video. You know, she was like, and it was of a of a good friend of ours. So, and I don't know how I got that wrong, but like, I did. That was beautiful. But my birthday is actually in July. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Didn't even bother to ask. Just said, "Hey, baby, you got to do this." You know? <laughs> oh, okay, I got you. Wrong. But right, but right. I'll I'll take it, but it's not until here. Yeah, but you know what? It's always a blessing whenever whenever beautiful voices like that sing. And Happy Birthday happens to be my very favorite song. I just love it. I don't know why. It's stupid, I guess. I don't know. But I have that shit on my um on my iPod in rotation every now and then, just randomly. And it's 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 like giggle pots. It's almost like um. I'm gonna try to let me see the the version, not even the Stevie Wonder version. Let's see if I can find the Happy Birthday. Yep, this one. Wait, come on, you could do it. You could do it. Here, this. One. Oh, isn't that cute? That's 
I'm assuming there's a birthday boy as well, Sue. I don't have that one, though. No. Oh, okay. Everybody, so everybody's a birthday girl. Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes I'm just driving into work, uh, and then this comes on, it just brightens my day, changes my whole attitude. Aww. Nice. Well, listen, we all need one of those. Mm-hmm. You know. doesn't all- matter what day. That just changed my disposition just now. The the my one of my favorite driving songs was uh, Kenny Bobian's um, "I Shall Not Be Moved." Mm. Yes, that's another one. Whoa! I'm, I start off like this, and then by the end, I'm bouncing in the mm-hmm. seat. Well, there are definitely some other songs. Um, yeah. Ooh, pop, white bean soup with, oh, oh, yes. Man, that sounds really good. Now you're making me want to check to see if I got any stuff in the in the, in the the cupboard. So that reminds me that I'm very upset because Uh-oh. I lost a pint of ice cream that I shouldn't have had anyway, but I bought it. And I don't know what I did, but it's probably sitting under my car seat. But if it is, it's probably frozen, so I'm not going to worry. That's true. That's true. I left a half a bottle of water in my cup holder when I came out. It was like a bar- I was like, wow. And it's I looked. Uh, and I said to myself in a twisted way, I said, that's going to be real good when I get. <laughs> so I sat there twisting the top trying to get something. I was like, oh, man. Incredible. Wow. Yeah, it's it's that cold outside. It's so cold that when our water was delivered, um, it sat outside or, or in the, like in the area where there's no heat too long, and the, one of the bottles cracked. Wow. Plastic. Plastic. Um, I just want to say to Maureen, hi Maureen, long time no see. So glad that you're looking, you're watching the um show on Facebook. Um. However, please move over to YouTube. That's WJBR Internet Radio on YouTube. Um, Just in case we're cut off for any reason, um, you can always have us. And like and subscribe, click the bell, and then every time we come on, you'll get a a pop-up. You'll get, you know, notification. So um, she said... um, Looking good, woman. No no disrespect, baby. Love Mo. And I've known Mo since I was a baby. Um, my bad. Looking good for the gray in your hair. If I remember correctly, Mo's quite a few years older than I am, Maureen. So uh, I'm sure you have a few. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing, babe. Come to uh, WJBR Internet Radio on YouTube. Yeah, a lot of things are not meant for me, Pop. Clearly, clearly. Um, Ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but it it doesn't stop me from wanting them anyway. Um, even peace, inner peace is is not meant for me, but I, I still crave it. Inner peace is meant for you. Is it? You know. Yes, I was having a conversation with a dear friend, and I'm. And and they said, because um, this is going to be hard. 
And I said, it's going to be whatever you say it's going to be. I like that. Whatever you say it's going to be, it's going to be. That's your power. And I'm just trying to remind you of that. That's your power. It's going to be whatever you say it's going to be. You say that shit is easy, that shit is easy. If you say it's hard, it's hard. You know, that's locked in lockstep with um, a video I saw with, oh, my God, what's his name? I can see his face. Greg, Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory. And someone said, yeah, I hope so. He said, hope? The fuck you mean hope? Hope ain't got nothing to do with it. Be sitting around hope. You know when you say hope, you done told 2,000 cells that it's a possibility it ain't? Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Dick Gregory was one. um, He definitely believed, he understood the power of the spoken word. Yes. He understood that when you put, because the universe doesn't discern one way or another. It just gives you your desire, you know? But if you don't tell it what you need in the affirmative with the energy attached to it, you know, it lands flat. And then you have to, and and does that mean you're going to get everything that you put out there? No, because you're ultimately not supposed to. And it may not look the way you want it to look. You know, and some things you protect it from. You know, everybody has their role in this equate in this ecosystem. We'll say, you know, this spiritual ecosystem. Your job is to manifest and to tap in and let others do their job. Yes. Well, I, I have to do better with my manifestation. I have to do better with. Focusing on peace. Well, sometimes when you focus on peace, you um, get other things to help you do it yourself. You know, help you help you bring it. Like when you say when you when you um, pray for pray for patience, how it gives you a lot of things drama, so mm-hmm. that you can work that patience. Exactly, because yeah. we won't know it. A lot of things. Let's just, let's just be clear. A lot of things given to man, we don't value things that are just given to us. We like, we like to say we worked hard for something, you know, because that's the only way we value it in the end if we, if we attach some kind of something to it, you know. Something yeah. that is just given to us, we don't understand its true value unless we've worked for it, you know, or unless you're conditioned to understand what the value is. Yeah. My gallery talk. No, you're good. You're good, Rezzy. When I'm when I'm when I'm centered and focused this morning I got up, I did my meditation prayer first. And it's always my prayers are really, really simple because of you know, I, I feel like I'm locked in and he knows when I'm coming, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I start off with just thanking, being grateful, mm-hmm. you know. I don't ask for too much of my prayers other than to cover and be grateful. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. And then I just sit still. That's really, really helped a lot. And it was really, really peaceful because of all this snowing going on. You don't hear too much outside noise at all, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think my prayers are, are, well, it varies. For the most part, though, it's really about gratitude. When Mm -hmm. I focus on gratitude, then the things that are upsetting to me, are a lot less upsetting to me. 
I I I tend to lean towards the depressive. I can get that way. Um but I can always um get out of it by um you know, being grateful. You know. Because I have so very much to be grateful for. So very much. I I have been blessed. Hey, LaVon. LaVon, what is going on in this? See, now y'all are making me hungry. Misty is cooking. Pop is cooking. All I can can smell is beans now. I just want beans. Oh, she's making it with Chicharron. I hope it works out like fat pack. It will. Yeah, because it it definitely has fat. Leaks fat deposits. So, yeah, it will definitely add flavor. So yes. I don't know how to cook. I think that's worldwide known. I mean, I know how to. Well, okay. I'm not going to say I know how to. All right. So I have learned how to cook a bag of rice and beans in a bag in 90 seconds. Chop the pouch in boiling water? Yeah. With this snow, I've ordered Uber booty for this afternoon uber, uber booty, booty for this afternoon you didn't uber have to share booty. that but you know some i guess oh. <laughs> you you didn't have to share that but you know we we're happy for you so i guess that tells me not to call you after the show because i was intend i wanted to have a discussion with you well to check in see how you doing pop but i guess you're doing okay I, just I will not because you got the Uber booty coming up. So you call me, son, when you ready. Okay. Oh my God, Pop, you don't invite them in the snow. What if it gets bad and they can't they can't get home <laughs> when you done? And here I am. What's what's but wait? The way look, I read at, it. look at Misty. You could come, but you gotta go. <laughs> Oh, I will call you, Pop. I will, because you've been on my mind so much. Um, (sighs) These these three are nuts. (laughs) Fun, neat. Fun, neat. But I I do want to, I've got to go see now, because I know we don't have any, um, no smoke. I don't think we have any smoked anything downstairs. Now I want a pot of stew. Now I want some comfort food. Yeah. Like um, a, I could make some chili today, but I don't have any of the stuff that I want. Want I know I don't have any cilantro. Man, you know what? This they, they were announcing the snow, and I was watching those lines build up, um, and and the parking lots rather build up, and I didn't make one attempt to go to grab stuff because I don't like being bothered with people that you know are when the when the energy feels manic. You know, so I didn't go. But maybe I'll go today. Yeah. I have a couple of pieces of cheese and, um. Mm. Yeah, I'm not doing the dairy, not in this season. Yeah. I got, yeah, I got some cheese strings (laughs) that will. I mean, I, I wanted the ice cream. I bought it. I just. 
some cheese strings and um I think I have some tangerines, so I'll eat those. And I always have bananas in the house. It's that potassium in good people. That is very good. So, Sancocho, what is that exactly? Sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. That That is a major, major, major Great. Now, I don't know if it's, is it proper to call Sancocho soup or stew? What is it? You know, it's a stew. um, I know there's a big orange potato in there. Yes, it it is. (laughs) I know there's a big orange potato in there. My grandmother. You can make Sancocho? Pig feet stew. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, mind if it stays and it's stuck. Oh, jeez. Chulo, in effect. All day. Like a nice stew. I made a, um, uh, or a nice pot roast with some potatoes. Yesterday uh, we went out and, um, oh, I does the cooking thing now. Okay. All right, all right. All right. Do, do the damn thing. There's a certain way you got to hold your mouth when you're making that sancocho. There's a certain way you got to hold your mouth when you're making it because everybody can't make that. That's a that's a that's a specialized uh, area there. Juca. That's not orange potato. That's juca. Yeah, that's true. White is yuca. Boy, oh boy, that, that's a, um, Sancocho is traditionally a um, New Year's, Christmas, New Year's, um, you know, hey, Seiji, uh, hey. Uh, dish. The first time I ever, ever had it, um, of course, it was made by a Dominican family, and um, it was celebrating. They would go from house to house around the holidays, and, you know, and they would, you know, trade things, and, you know, it was very, very festive, and I had a really great time with that Sancocho. I was like, um, that part. Because I'm a stew, pot pie, uh, chili, all those comfort foods, I'm here for, you know. I'm here for, like, stews and pot pies and roast beefs and beef stews. And Absolutely. And, chi- and chicken soups. And as, as long as it has a homemade flair, this is Dominican oh my recipe. God. Give me a, a damn... A, a chicken soup or stew with a whole actual chicken leg in it. I'm done. You can, you're oh, like, that's... you're like the best cook to me ever. Man, there's this. First of all, there's this Dominican restaurant not too far from me that, um, that they their food is so good. You know, especially their soups, because they really know how to do the stewy soups. And, you know, and you can make a great stew. I, I personally, like, if I'm in a rush, I'll go get, like, maybe two rotisserie chickens and chop them up. But they have to be, like, really, really done well. Chop them up because, you know, the flavor's already in them. And I'll use that to make the soup. Otherwise, you know, I just need to have, like, the vegetables and the broth and the everything, you know in it that's going to, you know, give you some kind of factor at the end. I could throw a little cilantro, a little, uh, you know, some carrots and maybe some, you know, 
a whole bunch of stuff. It just looks like stew. I, 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 I'm been accused of adding too many things in it sometimes. Um, but that's usually by people that have, when they're finished, you can't see them because their legs are sticking out of the bowl. You know, mm-hmm. like, because, you know, I, are you making a stew? Are you making a soup? I'm letting love guide this. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I'm just letting love guide this. When I feel like I'm full, yes. Mm-hmm. Like little red riding pop, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> And then we, and mix a little of the soup with um, arroz con doles. Finito. That's all you need in your life. It's a good Dominican cook. That's it. That's all. Yep. Well, a good black a woman over 60 <laughs> from the South. Yes. Absolutely. I say over 60 because, you know, you're in that range where cooking was a requirement. Today, it's not a requirement for a lot of folk. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. Now some of these traditions, I don't know. I'm not saying that it's a girl thing or a boy thing. It's a thing. But I think that cooking is becoming a lost art with this generation. And I think... um, you know, it, I'm grateful to hear Levon Cooks get to in in the kitchen. Yes. Available for all tastings and confirmations. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, I wanted to, I wanted to say, or a good Panamanian. Them too. Or Cuban. Cuban, them too. Just ethnic, man, period. Yep. Yep, yep. Well, actually, there's some foods out, out, some sorts of seasonings I don't like. I'm I'm not gonna say because then it makes it sound like I have something against the people, which I don't. But um, or maybe I do. But I don't know. I just don't like the way the food smells. Sage is another cooking fool. Ooh, you were stirring. Grits at six. Mm. Probably should not have been. You're right. Now, are you cooking grits or are you cooking five minutes? What are you doing? No, she's saying when she was six years old, I think, she was stirring a pot of grits. That's dangerous for a six-year-old. Mm. Oh, uh, baking. I love people that love baking. Love you, Wendy. Um, Somebody... We have actual um, two callers holding on. If you'd like to speak, you can uh, put a hand up by New pressing fangled. one. Newfangled women. <laughs> that expression is funny. Yes. And Rez, you are, you see, Rez, you are, I'm not welcome. That's what you're saying, LaVon? I think she's responding to my statement. I said I, I piggybacked. I said I was available too. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's all right. See, as are you, Pop. You see? You see? I feel the shade. I feel it. I feel it. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you know that was coming. I had to because I, I need to feel special. I have a need to feel special. 
sometimes. Special people, I want to feel loved by them. LaVon, you're very special. And so I wanted to feel the love. So I begged for it in front of everybody. You feel me? Speaking of which, we need to get, we need to schedule pop. We need to to schedule a spoken word in the basement for either Wednesday night or Saturday. Y'all let me know, um, Rez, Pop, what day you think is the best, and then we'll flyer it out and try to get um, some spoken word artists to come through the show. LaVon, your your um, attendance is mandatory. And, <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Remember that song? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, on a Saturday. That Yes, that would be dope. How right. do we have Nathan coming on today? Yes, Nathan James is coming on. And, um... For Nathan, we have a caller, 8882 are the last, 8882 are the last four digits of your number. What's your name and where you're calling from? Greetings, and name is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is Pastor Don James, CEO, calling from sunny Metro, Arizona. I've been here for y'all, make me hungry all day for the last 40 minutes. <laughs> y'all going to eat my food. Y'all going to yeah. Shout out to the winning team, to the people that are calling in. I'm texting everybody. I, I love this show. I've been an avid listener for many years, so I'm just enjoying Sunday. Blessings. Thank you so much. Um, we appreciate you always, always have, and always will. And um, actually, I believe it was one a member of the winning team who had called in, and it was after my grandmother spoke. Um, this young lady spoke, and my grandmother wanted to put it out to her that she asks about her all the time, and that if um, you know she if she needed my grandma to be a grandma that day, she was grateful for it, and and she is her grandma. So I don't yes, know if you know. are aware of who that yes, was. I got Excuse me. Members. What's the, I got I do What's not the remember the name. I do not remember the name, but I do know that she identified herself as a member of the, of the winning team. So okay. definitely. Thank well, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, so thank you for, for putting it out there and, and um, for sharing this time. broadcast with your, with your members. We appreciate you so much. I appreciate you too. I'm glad you do this platform, and this is a, a it's a wusa moment for me to hear positive people doing positive things talking about real results. That's the wusa yes. for me. I'm happy. Yes, yes. So and I'm on on mute. I'm out right the way. I'm glad everybody else get in, but I'm just really happy with your broadcasting programming over the years. Well, thank you, hon. Thank you so much. It means the world to me, to us. Yes, ma'am. All right, baby. Shout out to the whole team. And shout outs to the family. Amen. It's a great individual right there. So, like um, you you all said, Nathan James is coming through. And so, if, yes, yes, mandatory. Thank you. So, 
Um, I want to get his take on Sarah Palin. <clears throat> I want to get his take up. on a lot of stuff. Yeah, Sarah. She's anyway. Yeah, we get his take. But the way Nathan <laughs> became, or was not how he became, but how he was inspired to run for judge of elections is really interesting. And um, because he was coming on today, I hurried up, rushed and did a special rapid fire because it, 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 it all falls in line with um, these words. So, um, let me pull up the rapid fire. It was a little, it was a little long, so everybody just hang in there with me. I have to um, put it up in a special way. Unlike very special. You know what? When I say special way, the the song that comes to my mind is "Love Me in a Special Way." What? You know that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Rapid fire. Boom. 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 Okay, so let me know when you're ready. I'm ready when you are. Okay. Community. Activism. Activism. Effectiveness. Black men. Kings. Black women. Badass queens. Black vote. Deal maker. Scrutiny. Criticism. Fearlessness. That's a good one. The the thing that comes to mind is me. Self-care. Children. Not for me. (laughs) okay Javon you're up next thank you thank you politics power martial law white supremacy family Black people. Adjudication. Justice. Criminal. Depends on who you ask. Mm. Power. Own it. House of Representatives. I was going to say something I thought there. 
Oh, that's right. I, I, I forgot the joke. Kamala Harris. Where is she? AKA. My heart. And Shaka Khan. I feel for you. So what do you say to what do you say to the twenty-five to forty-five year olds to say this is trash? Then I say run for office your dang self. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that it is a cop out to say the system isn't working for me, so I'm going to check out the system. No, if the system isn't working for you, fix the system. And the way you fix the system is get in there and make it look more like you. Any enterprise that we enter looks more like us because we're there. That is true of every enterprise in America. The military, corporate CEO suites, the sports, it looks like us when we're there. So the idea that I'm going to sit back and be mad that it doesn't do what I want it to do. No, not, not necessarily sit back and be mad, but, but given all that you have shared about what happens to even the best of you and how, you know, it becomes about what the people control you to do, how is that an enticing argument because for, folks that, that for folks? Hear me out. How is that, a, how is that an enticing argument? For folks that hear you, because I'm listening, and I'm one of those folks, quite frankly. I'll just, I'll just be full transparent, because it's like you, you hear about it, and yeah, running for office sounds enticing, but after what you've just shared, that is facts. Mm-hmm. How is one to be excited about that anyway, if you're saying it's less about politics? Politics and less about what's doing right. I'm sorry. And what I'll tell you is that there's always safety in numbers. No matter where we go as black folks, there's always safety in numbers. There's always so so if you are the first black woman in an enterprise, it's not gonna look like you. You're gonna have to adjust to the people around you. If you're the fifth black woman in an enterprise, still pretty dodgy. If you're the fiftieth or the five hundredth, then it starts to look like you. And the things that you care about and the way that you do things start to take a bigger role and a bigger part of that enterprise. Pretty soon you're the CEO and it is you, right? So that is how we, when you say, well, how do you make it enticing? Well, if there's only one AOC, it's not going to look like AOC. But if there's 50 AOCs, it's going to start to look like a lot more like her. I mean, think about it. When, when Bernie Sanders first started talking about $15 minimum wage, it was like, yo, crazy, right? He got enough people elected talking about $15 minimum wage. That became orthodox democratic policy, $15 minimum wage. Duh. Now let's go bigger, right? That's exactly how it changes. It's safety in numbers, especially in politics. More so than anything else, it's safety in numbers. So flood your school board, flood your city council, flood your state county commissions, flood your state house, flood the Congress with people who think and look like you and care about what you care about. But conceding turf never wins anything, period, full stop. And, nice. <clears throat> yeah, right. And with that, and she she actually dropped so many different jewels. I have to figure out another a jewel dropping, and not just her. We've had many artists and 
guests come through who've dropped so many jewels of significance that I feel like I need to create something called the jewel drop in the basement or some crap like that. You I know was just going to say that it'd be nice to have a master um, jewel one. dropping session, right? Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll work on that. But in the meanwhile, what she said in the, at the end about having voices and representatives and, and flooding whatever part of the government you can with people that look like you, that have your same opinion, or, or you know, that represent you, um, has a lot to do with um, how Nathan was initially indoctrinated, I might say, or, or um, encouraged to to run for judge of elections. And as we all know, Nathan has always been very um, interested in politics and knowledgeable about what's going on in the world. He's a journalist. And more than anything, he's a sweet spirit advocate for LGBT rights and human rights and just a great, great human being. And I'm, I'm proud to call him my friend. And um, here's Nathan James. Yeah. 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 Michelle, Michelle and Javon Armstrong, who I haven't seen on this show for so long. <laughs> hey, Nathan. Nathan. Good to see you, honey. It's such a pleasure to be back here again. You know, it's always a special place, the Brunch in the Basement show. So I appreciate you having me on on this very, very snowy Saturday. Well, you know, Nathan, it's always special to have you. And for for various reasons. As a matter of fact, I don't know that our listeners or audience chatterboxes or or most people know that when the podcast first started, it was me, it was you, and Mika Ray. And Nathan used to bring our news, um, which was how Brunch in the Basement began. So this is this is also your home, Nathan, and we're always happy to have you here. Oh, definitely, you know. And I remember the beginning, and the show has always had a warm place in my heart. So again, it's wonderful to be here. Excellent. So, so Nathan, I know that you watched the um, clip that I just showed, right? Um, and that last piece about flooding with people who represent you. Can you tell us about how it is that you became the judge of elections in Philly? Of course I can. Well, you know, this conversation started uh, early last year, and I have been encouraged by not just Democrats in the Philadelphia area, but LGBTQ Democrats in the Philadelphia area. We are fortunate enough to have several elected LGBTQ officials that are from Philadelphia. There's Brian Sims, who's in the Pennsylvania State House. There is Malcolm Kenyatta, who is the first black gay man to be elected to the Pennsylvania State House. Um, We have myself now, and uh, several others from around the Commonwealth that are, as Pam Keith said, flooding the electorate and making ourselves more visible. I couldn't agree with her more with what she said about 
making us visible by representation in public office because that is so important. Anyway, I was encouraged and inspired to, to run because among other things, you saw what happened in Philadelphia in 2020 during the 2020 election. Yeah. Uh, Trump and his people challenged us here in Philadelphia eight times. And his supporters broke into the Pennsylvania Convention Center while the ballots were being counted. Now, Philadelphia is the biggest city in the biggest battleground state, and it was Pennsylvania that ultimately gave the election to Joe Biden, and that was Philadelphia. Yes. So it was impressed upon me early on that there need to be people that are not only genuinely interested in this, that are committed to making sure the election is a full, free, and fair one, but it doesn't hurt number one, to have a Democrat in these offices, and number two, to have a gay person in these offices, making ourselves more visible, more engaged in the process, and more active in the government. Again, what Pam said, if you want to see things go your way, if you want to see our society become more amenable to you, who you are, and what your needs are, one very good way to do that is to become involved. So I agreed to take it on, and I did my campaign right here, a very local one, the subway stations and the Rotary Club and William Way, and I was able to get my voice out. I have a significant LGBT constituency because it's part of my district, and I was very pleasantly surprised to find myself elected. Nice, nice. Wonderful. And, and for folks that don't know, Nathan, what are some of the responsibilities you are charged with in your position? Okay. The judge of elections is responsible for running the election in their district. That means supervising the polling places, all the people in them, including the two constables. It also means that you make determinations about the eligibility of people to vote. You oversee the general process. The judge of elections certifies the results and participates as a member of the Board of Elections in facilitating the election at whatever level it may be, whether it be a local, a state, or a nationwide election. So it's a four-year term. I will be in office until 2026. So, of course, that means I have two major elections ahead of me, one in November and one in 2024. And I felt it was important to me that I will be able to say, that I saw with my own eyes, I did with my own hands, I know that this election was legit and that it was a fair and correct election, no matter what the detractors from the other side may try to say in the media, I can say I have firsthand experience and I wanna be able to make sure that the people in my district, that the people in Philadelphia, really people everywhere are able to vote and to vote without fear of intimidation or obstruction. Excellent. So there's a couple of things there, Nathan. Um, voting without intimidation. First of all, first of all, thank you so much for running and accepting that position. Because as we know, in the red states, are they have intimidated plenty of judges of election. And they have stepped down, those that are fair-minded in red states. And they are putting in their own 
um, who would be more willing to overturn the votes and and the will of the people. This is this is why this stuff is so important, and this is why, you know, I I, I really don't like to be partisan. You know what I mean? I like it. I like to think about well. If I don't care if you have an R, a D, a L, or a P, I don't care what it is. If you're doing the right thing, I'm for you. That's how I like to see myself and how I like to go about this whole thing of politics. But right now, the Republican Party have, has made it such that we can't do that right now because they're threatening our right to vote, fair votes, and fair elections. Do you feel any um, any personal danger, any sense of that? Because in Pennsylvania, there's a, a large fraction of, of Republicans who are kind of on that, leaning towards that end. What yeah, are your I was thoughts about that? What kind yeah. of security do they provide, particularly around the election time? Yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I've been asked this question a number of times. I was asked this question during the campaign. I've been asked this question in recent in recent weeks. Uh, let me preface my reply by saying that what what the risks are, and you're right, there are significant risks in being someone who oversees an election. It's worth the risk. I'm going to say that unequivocally. I've said that several times, and the reason I feel it's worth the risk is because there is too much at stake for the election not to be conducted the way it needs to be done. And you're right, the other side has engaged in intimidation campaigns. They've done outright violence. That's what January 6th was all about. Right. They have enacted laws, especially in the Deep South, to make it harder for people to vote. And I'm going to be very pointed here when I, when I say harder to make it, make it harder for people to vote. I mean they want to make it harder for black people to vote. They want to turn the clock back and reinstate Jim Crow. For example, in Georgia, they have enacted laws that make it illegal for people to give those waiting online at the polling place food or water, even if they've been standing out in the hot Georgia sun for seven, eight, nine hours. And the reason that would happen is because they have reduced the number of available polling places in a given county, making people travel further to fewer locations where they can vote. In Pennsylvania, like you said, Pennsylvania is a very turbulent state. It's a very purple state because what you have in Pennsylvania are you have the cities which are blue. And I'm talking about big cities like Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Allentown, Harrisburg are generally blue and they have a lot of population, but everything in between is red. Mm-hmm. Is red. And I want to point this out because in 2016, Hillary did not win Pennsylvania because not enough people in the cities came out to vote. Now, Trump's people, the Republicans in all the rural areas of Pennsylvania, what they call Pennsylvania, showed up to the polls, and that's how they beat them. Hillary only lost by 77,000 votes here. And, of course, in 2020, again, it was pivotal because Pennsylvania is what gave Biden the election. And Trump challenged us in court five times. He challenged us a further three times on the federal level, and his people tried to stop the counting altogether at the PA Convention Center. I 
do not see Trump backing down. I do not see the Republicans backing down from these things. They went to extreme lengths to try to overturn the 2020 election. They had fake electors. They staged a riot at the Capitol. They were going to do other extra legal means. But I think we are better prepared going into the future to address these things and guarantee the integrity of the elections than we might have been in the past because now we know they're coming. Do does is is um Pennsylvania one of the states that had the fake um electoral signatures and certifications? Yes. yes. Pennsylvania was one of the seven states, the seven battleground states where they tried to submit false electors to the National Archive in Washington. The National Archive is the agency that processes the electoral votes before they get submitted to Congress. And what they did in Pennsylvania was a little, they they had a little bit of weasel wording because what they did in their document that they sent to Washington was they said, we will become the electors if a judge so orders it. In other states, they just represented themselves as the electors straight off. Right. So they tried to be a little slick here in Pennsylvania, but thank goodness the safeguards in the system worked. And Mike Pence, and yeah, I actually have to take my hat off to him, chose to uphold the Constitution as he swore to do and not listen to Trump's instructions, and that's what saved the election. Hmm. That you know those and him, yeah, those yeah and him those those that are that that was so smart for them to weasel their way with their they knew that it was a crime, they knew a conspiracy. It, it's terrible. Go ahead. So, Liz, you, so you would be the person responsible for if they tried the stunt with Pennsylvania this particular time for putting them in jail too, right, Nathan? Well, what happens is uh, at the end of the election day, I seal the votes and the paraphernalia from the voting machines, and there is a chain of custody for the votes. There is a Philadelphia police officer who comes and meets me and brings the votes to the police station for securing. I then bring the election materials back to the Board of Elections that same night. So there is an unbroken chain of custody for your votes, and there is a place for them to go. And to answer your earlier question, yes, they are going to augment security for all election locations and election board officials for this and the next two elections because they have already anticipated what we've seen in the past, and the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. So we're we're being proactive about that. Who's watching that police officer with the votes? I'm sorry? Who's watching that police officer when he takes the votes? Well, he's got to go only a short distance between the polling locations in my district Does and he the get frisked? Does he get frisked and watched as he goes, as he walks across the street to the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, without, going into, without going into great detail, yes, there are safeguards. Okay. There That's are all checks I wanna know. against the person who is carrying the votes. That's all I want to know. There, there are going to come. There's going to come a time where, under severe threat conditions, we're going to hand carry votes to where they need to go, so that no one can tamper with them while they're in transit. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody, we all go together, okay? <laughs> we all, okay. 
We're all we look like one big episode of Claudine. You know what I'm saying? At the end. Yeah. 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 I guess I want to go into great detail, but no, no, this is fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And hats off to you, Nathan, because you know I know that I, I, you know, it, it makes me feel good to to know that you um are um. And I'll say I'll go as far as to say anointed with this task because it is um, certainly the destiny of America that you have um, signed up for. And watching what they have done, um, it's still just kind of overwhelming when you think about that from there to the Capitol to so many other things that are done. It's the, uh, the browning of America, and this is these are all the pieces, you know, um, that you're going to get the pushback on, you know, the peace comes what inevitable to say, you know, um, what do you, what do you think about what's going on and their lack thereof response with the people from, uh, I've watched, I, and, I, and I'll preface this by saying, I watch uh, other people's explanations for if it had been folk of color, all those steps of the Capitol, how far that would have gone. Um, where they would be right now, you know, which take on why it's taking so long for so many to be brought to justice when they were clearly taped, videotaped, gave interviews. Some of them even gave their name and location in their interviews. What's your take on why it's taking so long? I'm Elizabeth. I'm Elizabeth from from Wyoming. We went to storm the Capitol. Yeah, like, we just got caught up in the moment. We were swept away by the crowd. Well, well, why is it taking so long? Off the top of my head, my first impression is the number of cases that are in the system. Because almost 10,000 people were participants in the storming of the Capitol. And to date, the Department of Justice has either arrested or indicted over 700 of them. So there are a lot of cases that have to work their way through the system and a limited number of judges, prosecutors, and defense attorneys to carry them out. So I think that's one thing. The wheels of justice do turn slowly, and it's going to take some time to bring them all before the bar. Now, having said that, one encouraging thing that I have seen is that the Justice Department has moved to a higher level. They have shown that they're not afraid to charge people with sedition, which they did with the 10 Oath Keepers. Finally. And that, that takes things to a much higher level because that's an extremely serious charge. It has a penalty of 20 years in federal prison. And it points the way towards the White House, which I get the impression that the various agencies and prosecutors that are investigating the insurrection are getting closer and closer to because we've seen that there are people in Trump's orbit that have been active participants in this, especially Rudy Giuliani, who we now know, orchestrated this whole phony electors gambit. That fool is going down. That, I hope so. He is going down. And I, I I don't know if it's mental illness or what, but he's going down. Um, I think he should have gone down for the state he left New York in. Yeah, that that too. That too. Um, here he's done some clearly illegal things and um, citing sedition. Absolutely. Um, but he couldn't do them without permission. Oh yeah, and assistance. Absolutely. So you know, and and he's far from the top of the food chain, although he mixes with the food chain, uh, you know, with the chef. So somebody gave him permission, and, and he he 
you know, he did what he was allowed to do. So when we get the Pied Piper himself, you know, that's that's what would be more effective. You know what I think, and Nathan, correct me if you disagree. I mean, well, if you disagree, you just let me know. I think that those members of the House and the Senate who were a part, an integral, a part of this seditious act need to be brought down rapidly, like before November. Like, they need to lose their seats so that we can gingerly fill them up. Well, there is a constitutional remedy for this, believe it or not. There is a provision in the 14th Amendment that says anyone who takes part in sedition, insurrection, or treason against the government of the United States can never again hold public office under the United States. And that would certainly apply to members of Congress that we know are active participants in or who encouraged this riot to happen. And you're right, Congress can vote to expel these members and disqualify them from ever holding public office again. So that is one possible remedy. Whether it happens before the midterms in November is another story because there are a lot of things turning the wheels in Congress right now besides that. Now, that having been said, the January 6th Select Committee is making a lot of progress. Uh, as I'm sure you're aware, the Supreme Court said Trump can no longer hide behind executive privilege, that Biden was right to release his White House transcripts of January 6th to the National Archives and therefore to the January 6th Committee. So things are moving if not rapidly, they are moving in that direction. And again, all of this comes back to one thing that I cannot underscore enough. It is so critically important that everybody who is eligible to register to vote, register, and, and then having registered, make sure you get out there and vote, whether it's by mail-in ballot, absentee, you go to the polls yourself, make sure you do your highest civic duty as a citizen and cast your vote for the candidate or issue of your choice, because this is what happens when you don't vote. Other people don't just vote with their ballots. They vote with their hands, their feet, with whatever weapons they can carry. And it, I think, is an illustration of how powerful your individual vote is that Trump's people tried to overturn the entire election and overthrow the government the legitimately elected incoming government of the United States. So again, I wherever you are, whatever district you're in, whatever state you're in, register and then vote. If you make sure you vote, people like me will make sure your vote counts. What do you say to those, Nathan, who say, well, we already have a majority in the House, which is a very slim majority, by the way. And we also have a majority in the Senate, which we really don't have. A, well, we really don't. But people will say, we went out and we already voted, and it's not getting us anywhere. What do you say to that because of Manchin and Cinema? Um, what, do you, what do you say to that, that because Joe is not able to get things done because everything gets held up in the Senate? So... Then there are people, I'm not exactly sure who these people are, so don't ask me, but there are people who believe that, well, we already voted, it didn't work, so we're not voting again. 
Well, people who say that should bear in mind one thing. If you don't vote, other people will vote for you, and they will decide who holds what office and what happens in the government. This is, I think, the overarching lesson of the entire Trump presidency, that not enough people came out to vote. Hillary won the popular vote, but she lost in the Electoral College because people in battleground states like this one did not turn out in sufficient numbers to carry her over the top. Voting is something that even if you don't think it makes a difference, other people will. And those other people may not share your ideology. They may not share your political vision. They may not have your best interest in mind. So voting is so absolutely critical. And if you want to talk about the House and the Senate, you're right. In the Senate, the Democrats have a razor-thin majority, which is to say they have Kamala Harris with the tie-breaking vote. That needs to be improved upon dramatically because, as we just saw with the voting rights bill, because the Democrats don't have a supermajority of 60 votes, this doesn't get carried to Biden's desk. So this is something, just to give you another example from Pennsylvania, Pat Toomey is one of our two senators. He is not running again. He's retiring. That seat is going to be up for grabs between the Republican and the Democrat. One of the Democrats that is running for this seat is, again, Malcolm Kenyatta, our gay black state representative from District 181 right here in Philadelphia. If he gets elected, if he can pull this off against someone like Dr. Oz, he will not only be the first black gay senator, it'll be another Democratic seat in the Senate. It'll further move the needle to the left, so that when Kamala Harris presides over the Senate, she's not the only thing that makes the difference between whether a bill gets passed or it dies. These are things that are important. In the House, it's a little bit more widespread because we have to win and maintain more seats, but it's in the Senate that if Biden wants to get anything done legislatively for the next two years remaining of his term, that there has to be a clear and concurrent Democratic majority. Otherwise, the Republicans, their only agenda, and I know you don't want me to be partisan here, but it is true, their agenda is to obstruct the Democrats. That's it. That's it. When you ask them what they're for, there's, they, they, the only thing that they are resolute about is thing Biden from, any, from doing anything and holding their own power and, and remaining in power. They, Absolutely. they want Trump back, which speaks volumes. It, it, it really does. And we, as a country, cannot afford another four years of Trump, given what we went through in the previous four years. And you're right, the Republicans are trying to do anything they can. In Pennsylvania yesterday, the Commonwealth Court, which ruled on party lines, it has a Republican majority, ruled on party lines that Act 77, which allows no excuse mail-in voting here in Pennsylvania, violates the state constitution. But here's the kicker. When this bill was passed in 2019, 11 of the 14 Republicans that brought this lawsuit voted for it. They had no problem with it in 2019. It didn't become an issue until Trump lost Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So this is 
what we're, we're dealing with. And this is, again, why it's so important for the individual voter to make his or her voice heard in every single election. All politics are local. The person who is your city council person today is your state senator tomorrow. The day after that, they're in the U.S. Senate, and after that, they're in the White House. So there is a progression. There's an evolution. And the more you know about your candidates and the issues, the better you will be equipped to make your choice to vote for the way you want to see things go. Is he, is he finished with his lawsuits and his cases? It seemed like to me, it seems to me that he should be really inundated with things to do other than that seat again and people that want to put him in it. So he hasn't been cleared of all of his nonsense yet on this end. Well, you know, not at all. Not at all. He hasn't been cleared. And, he's, and it, you know, there are some very, very clear and brazen examples of behavior that not only Trump, but the people around him can be prosecuted for. The one that stands out in my mind the most is in Georgia, where absolutely called the Secretary of State and, uh, you know, after the of nothing, he said, give me 11,780 votes. I can't say enough how glad I am that Brad Raffensperger had the presence of mind to record that conversation. And, and you know, the reason why he's continuing with the lawsuits is because that that's what he's always done as a businessman. That's how he's his businesses. He would tie people up in court until they just said, you know what, I can't afford the lawyer anymore or this is stupid, let's just settle. So he ties all of that up and really he probably, knowing how sick he is, thinks that if he can keep all of these things going in court long enough that he can become reelected in 2024, then he can then get rid of all of the lawsuits. Hiding in the White House to avoid criminal indictments. Imagine exactly. that. Exactly. It worked for him for those four years. You know that. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Now, let me just clear up a misconception here. Trump keeps saying that, that a sitting president cannot be indicted. The only reason that's true is because the Justice Department has traditionally made that a policy. Right. There is no Not a law. There's no black letter law that says that. In the United States, no one is above the law. Trump keeps trying to hold himself above the law. But I think things are finally catching up to him, and he's going to find out that that strategy you mentioned of running out the clock on all these legal proceedings is not going to help him in the future. What I find interesting is that one of the reasons why he was able to get away with everything, besides, aside from the fact that um, the, the Senate, although he was impeached, the Republican senators would not remove him. He should have been expelled, you know, but they they chose not to do that. And the AG at the time, Bill Barr, would not move to prosecute him and was acting as his personal attorney. What's interesting now is that Bill Barr has started singing to the January Yeah, he has because he understands that he has personal legal jeopardy in, involved in this as well. And he's trying to kind of dance away from that, if you will. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think we're going to see some more senior Trump administration officials come to the January 6th committee and try to make restitution by giving testimony so that the Justice 
Punk doesn't look too closely at them. I definitely see that pattern emerging. Uh, no, there's no question in my mind about it now. Whether or not the committee is allowed to finish its work is going to depend on the outcome of the midterm election. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is somebody had asked me if I thought that Bill Barr should get immunity, which here we go, Sage, you're on that, right? Um, I think he could get immunity. It might be worth giving him immunity if he sings like James Brown, loud and proud enough to bring everybody else down. Yeah, that would be some that would be some list of things that he has to do exactly. in order to get that. I'm talking about the the I can't remember his name, Nathan, because I can't pronounce it anyway. I can remember it. I just can't pronounce it. The journalist who was murdered, I think that it's just my personal opinion. Allegedly, um, our White House at the time had something to do with um, approving it because it was never pursued as, as a, a crime against America. Um, there's just so there were just so many things the Russian thing, emollient clause, just so many things that were done. Um, you're talking about Kachani, uh, yes, thank you. I, I still can't Court. pronounce it. You said it, and I still can't pronounce it. <laughs> Kasagi or Kasogi. How do you pronounce it? Kasagi. Allegedly, allegedly. And look, the opinions that I'm giving are mine solely and not those of WJBR Internet Radio nor in the basement with Javon and Therese. I'm just saying that I think even if they if. I mean, whatever it takes to get him to turn it over. He needs to turn it over. If it's full of immunity, I'm not afraid of him. He could walk around. He could walk around free. That, if he brought down, I, and when I'm when I say brought down the, I'm I'm talking Flynn, I'm talking Stone, Roger Stone, I'm talking mm-hmm. Mitch, talking Definitely. all of them who are in bed with the with the Russians. I'm talking all of that. If he bought, if he sang like, ow, James Brown, get down, oh, I'm gonna jump off the bridge. You wanna come? Ow, yep, there you go. Then, 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 sure, you be free in in a corner somewhere. Just my opinion. Sorry. Well, I understand that. I understand. I think there are a great many people that want to see the big fish brought to justice in 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 what went on during the Trump administration. Whether that happens is going to depend on three things. Again, number one, the outcome of the midterms. Number two how far the Justice Department is willing to go, meaning Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. And number three, what particular state or local cases are brought against these people in the interim? Yeah. That's the other thing, Nathan Garland and Biden are acting like two old men. And quite frankly, it frightens me. You cannot walk slowly up to the podium mm-hmm. and say, we're going to take a look at it all. We're going to look at it. God damn it, it's a year later. 
You still looking? We looked, we saw, let's conquer. You cannot play nice with the bully in the schoolyard. You got when when I was in third grade, as y'all know, I have a vertical challenge. Right? I'm vertically challenged. <laughs> I'm a little short, right? Well, I'm quite short, fuck it, right? But so I was the smallest kid in my third grade class. And there was these group there was a group of three girls, big girls. I mean big girls. They look like fifth graders to my third grade short self. They used to pick on me relentlessly. And I went home and told my mom and I was crying and she said I said they they pick on me every day. My mother said, When you go to school, you go up to the biggest one of the three and punch her dead in her face. You just go and punch that girl in her face. The rest of them will leave you alone. Well, my mother wasn't quite right. (laughs) She wasn't quite right. I went the next day to school, and I went to to the, the girls' bathroom, and I went, you know, went to go to the bathroom. When I came out of the stall, the three girls were there ready to jump me or whatever they were going to do. I looked at the biggest girl. I sized them all up. I saw the biggest one and I punched her in the face and all three of them jumped me, but I wailed on that big one. I wailed on that big one. Oh, I wailed on her. When the teachers came in, they had to pull me off of that big girl. So mom wasn't right. I did get jumped. They never messed with me again. And what happened was. Maybe mom was right. Right. And the biggest, biggest girl in the whole class saw what I did and saw that interaction. And she became my best friend from the third grade all the way through high school. Me Me and her rock. That, that became my best friend. She also looked like Shaka Khan in the younger version, and that helped but to me. But, you know, yeah. So I don't know. I forgot. I, all right. Why did I tell that story? Somebody help me. Some would, some would think, what do you think about them setting up uh, Ron DeSantis to be the Trump 2.0? That's a great question, Black Anonymous. Well, they, they definitely know their man um, because <laughs> – They've been touting Ron DeSantis as a worthy Trump successor for quite some time now. And if you look at the things that DeSantis is doing in Florida now, uh, where he is, for example, pushing this don't say gay ordinance where you can't even mention LGBT history or the LGBTQ community or anything about being gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender in public schools. And if a student comes out in school the parents must be notified, which I think is in some cases a recipe for disaster. But this is the red meat that he's throwing his conservative face. This is the kind of thing that we already saw when Trump was in the White House and he threw all the transgender troops out of the military. So there is a pattern emerging here where vulnerable communities or marginalized communities are attacked directly. Another thing that Ron DeSantis is doing is he's attacking critical race theory, which isn't even a K-12 curriculum. I want to say that a little loudly because it's kind of a wedge bogeyman issue that they're bringing up. 
It's not something that you would learn in public school anyway. If you're not a law student, this is not something you're going to be exposed to. But he is whipping his base up into a frenzy just the same way that Trump did. And if we don't recognize him for what he is, he will be the presumptive front runner if Trump does not run in 2024. And that's, that's, a, that's another thing. If Trump runs in 2024 and he loses, well, we're going to have to be prepared because he will be back in Washington with another MAGA army. Let me just say this. If Trump runs again, if, if we don't do something in 2022, if we lose the House and the Senate, he will win because they have shifted the laws in those red states and they will they have they have made it so that even if he wins by election they have made it so that they have the right to change the vote and put in whatever electorate they want they have done such slippery slimery shit that there's no possibility for a democrat to win we do not win the house and the Senate, and that is what is at stake. We need um, a supermajority. So, okay. Again, this comes down to people got to get out there and vote. People got to get out there and vote. People who say my vote doesn't count, my vote doesn't matter, forget that. That's it. What, What we have here, what we have here, okay, 240 years ago, when they were ratifying the Constitution, Benjamin Franklin stepped out onto Chestnut Street from Independence Hall, and a woman walked up to him and asked him what kind of a government the people were getting. And Benjamin Franklin turned to her and said, a republic, if you can keep it. And I think those words are just as applicable today as they were then. Yeah. And that means we vote. That means we vote all the time. And that means we pay attention to who we are voting for. We're not going to be able to retain the House and the Senate on the Democratic side if we don't vote. We're not going to be able to do something about a possible Trump campaign in 2024 if we don't vote. Not just vote, but vote decisively, because I guarantee you that the other side is going to galvanize their constituency. Do you remember the 2008 Obama campaign? First time Obama ran for president. Mm-hmm. I have never in my life waited three and a half hours to vote for president because people yeah. were interested. They were galvanized. They understood how important it was to turn out and turn up and pull that lever. And that needs to happen again. Yes, Obama was such a superlative candidate that he was able to get people excited about voting. But we have other reasons to be excited about voting. We are the system. We're the government. You know, that's not just a political bromide. That really has some meaning. That's one of the reasons I agreed to take this role on is because I really want to impress upon people that nothing in government happens without us voting for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, say Trump, he... Um gets indicted and arrested some of the charges or charged, let's just say, with things and, and they are successful in leading the charge. Um, most, I uh, think about Tish James here in New York. And, um, God bless her. 
yeah, I, I just um, I pray that she is successful. Her, she and her team are successful, and getting him run through the entire judicial process. I just don't understand, you know, and, and, and just looking at it from a layman real fast, it's it's kind of like well, all the things that he did in office, this, con- this country was in trauma for the entire four years that he served. Then on the way out, um, the, he created more trauma. Then the, the next step is now we've got a phone book of charges, you know. We've got tapes of him doing things. If this man walks away unscathed, what are we essentially saying? I believe that it will deflate, you know, um, an otherwise um, willing, because I want to believe that the American people are willing to go ahead and do what's necessary to keep the trauma from reoccurring. And then there, there, and then, and I I cannot forget, I'd be remiss in my responsibility um, as a citizen to say that, um, the 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 way that he held his responsibility in the coronavirus all looks really bad. So then, but yet he still has the wherewithal to consider running for president again. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just, and I'm just, I'm just, that that to me is the epitome of white supremacy to take zero responsibility for anything in their path. And I do not, in fact. And again, the views and opinions on this show do not, you know, reflect yada, yada, yada. But I'm just, I I just do not, it could never be anybody of color doing this, period. No, we would have gotten blamed for it and lamed for it, and that would have been it. The idea that any, that he could even consider 2024 is, is, is a joke to me. When you've got a ton of things on your plate right now, you know, it's almost like he's a, hey, this is not going to be, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get why he, because to me, it's, he's like not a threat, but I, I'm conscious enough to know that in this country, certain folk can get away with stuff like that and do just exactly what it is. I'm conscious enough to know that, but in my brain, I'm like, he, he can possibly, because he's never coming out of this without anything, all that we have. But that is because of who is sitting in the seats in Senate, in the Senate and the House. Otherwise, there would be no possibility for him to to become the president again. That would be completely off the table if there were enough senators and House of Representative members that would have um, stopped him from being able to be pre- elected again. There's well, their law. criminal charges. I'm talking about the criminal charges. It's going to be a tale of the tape between two lawyers that are, are trying these cases, you know, and it's multiple charges. Right. And there's, there's no. other, there's, um, there's what's going on in Georgia and, yeah, and Willis New York. Fannie Willis is building a case. She has a special grand jury hearing evidence in the attempt that Trump made to solicit election fraud from Secretary of State, that's in progress right now. And if she gets an indictment, I think she's got Trump debt rights to all three charges. I think she's got them on solicitation of election fraud. She's got them on election fraud and extortion because he implied there would be negative consequences if they did not do his bidding. So I think she's got them. Now, Letitia James, 
in New York is taking a different uh, track. Letitia James is going after financial improprieties within the Trump organization, of which Trump is the titular head. So she is saying that there are process things where he falsified the value of his properties or he misrepresented what something was worth, this kind of thing. And you're right, Therese, Trump all his life has never suffered any meaningful consequences for his actions. That's been the story of his life for the last 50 years. Uh, will he finally be held accountable? Well, that's a very good question. And, and two it black on... women. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's going to depend primarily on these two black women who are both prosecutors to say, okay, the buck stops with us. We're going to bring him before a judge once and for all, no more running out the clock, no more playing games. He has to come and state his case before a jury. That's what needs to happen. You know, it's funny that um, Biden is talking about nominating a black woman for the Supreme Court now. And um, Fox News, the women on Fox News are like, oh, He's going to put a, a black woman. These are the, that's the requirement now for the highest court in the land? Absolutely. Because clearly they're the only ones that's going to do shit. And, and I just want to say also that elections have consequences. At the local level, that's why we have Letitia James. At the local level, you know, that's why we have all the judges. Um, so it, it, it really starts from there. We, we, we really have to vote. And what, what frightens me is that there are far too many black people that say they don't vote or they're not going to vote or they allow themselves to become discouraged from voting. And this is not the time for that. Well, like what Mason said, I think that that held true. Um, and it's solid, you know, really solid with, if you don't vote, you're going, you're essentially voting. If you don't vote, you are essentially um, giving other people the license to make decisions for you that may not have your best interests in mind, you know, Um, not casting a vote or casting a vote. And, and, um, you know, and I'll go as far as to say casting a vote for someone that you know is not a contender just because it it, got an argument with someone um, last election who – after the election, you had you clearly had like maybe, and I'm and this the, the percentiles I'm just going to make up, but you had 48 and 46, and then you had the two in the middle, right, of the candidate that was clearly not going to win the race, but because the candidate represented your interest and you didn't like the other two candidates, um, I think at some point you have to make a decision between the two candidates that are up. You know, even if it may not be in your interest, even if you just don't want to see one in the seat, you know, um, and I think there was a lot of grandiose ideas about, you know, voting for the liberal that did not stand a chance to win because ultimately what you did was you took a vote away from the candidate that could win. Exactly. You know, and, 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 I, and I had a few conversations with folks that were very, oh, no, I'm going to vote here. And I'm like, but that's a, that's a no vote. That's a no vote, you know. Um, 
I didn't understand it. Yeah, it's you know? hard to get this message through, Rez. I mean, I try, but I'm I'm not. I mean, I don't think I don't perceive myself to be as much of an influencer as there are influencers out there that give the the opposite message of don't vote. Um, Biden, don't vote for Biden. He he's not for you. You know what? That is so anti-American right now. I'm sorry, and only because, only because of what's at risk. You could say if 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 there was a viable candidate, and even if it was a candidate that I didn't like, let's just say somebody I didn't like, but somebody who was not to infiltrate the country, take it over, and turn it into either a, a, a what is it? What is it called? And where where the president becomes the king, a communistic sort of situation. Well, well, well we, almost had, we almost had a Trump dictatorship. We exactly. Came close. And that's why it's important right now for us to focus. You know what it is? I think that, you know, and, and thank you for bringing that up, Javon. I think that it's um there's a prefix and there's a suffix. And I okay. think that, you know, um, people that are, uh, really politically endowed, see the suffix, right? And I think that the prefix, and when, you, when you're trying to motivate people to vote that do not have the long-term political, you know, because let's just face it, it's a lot to to connect to, the people, the players, the what's, the why's. So when you talk about the prefix, you're talking about folks that understand the importance of voting, uh, may either be voting for the first time or maybe in that space where they want to vote to just because they know that's their civic duty. And then you, so they listen, particularly in the last election, they listen to all the things that the candidates say they're going to do, what they're running for, their platforms, how strong they are, and, they, and that represents their interests. So when folks get in office and things happen, you know, that don't look like what they said they were going to do, still in the prefix of that. That's why Kamala got it. That's why Joe is continuously getting it, because there are things that there was an expectation that you would hold a certain agenda that you said you would, you know. And folks that, again, we're talking about folks that are not long-term, you know, politicians or politically minded. All they, all they know, all they subscribe to is what you said you were going to do. So when you get in and things like student loans are not prioritized or, um, or, or the, the voting, you know, um, uh, agenda is not prioritized and those things that made a difference to people, you know, are not prioritized immediately, but they see other things that are prioritized for other groups. And I'm just specifically talking about black folks right now, where you see when, you know, when we had all that, that drama going on because Trump was doing all that trauma with um, and created that trauma with people of Asian, Asian, um, Asian, Asian descent. Right. How immediately there was a fix to that, that made it something. Whereas in this country, we've had two pandemics, you know, we got, simultaneously running since Trump got in office. But the oldest one is racism. Black folks have been discriminated against. There's been no seated president that has jumped in and said, hey, we're going to stop this, make it law, nothing. But that became a priority for Joe Biden. He got that done and almost laid the speed and it was like, wow. And there was a lot of conversation about that 
hey, if it was that, just that easy, what happened? You got, um, what was it, H.R. 40 that's been on the table? And and wh- where are we with that? Can't you know, get past right now. But the, and and that's, that is the thing, you know? And, and I don't know how to get the message because, you know, with that in mind, Rez, with those people in particular that you're talking about, it's hard to help them to understand that the truth of the matter is, is that we need a super majority in order to get those things done. And in some, some cases, there are some things that Biden could do with a, a fell swoop of a pen, um, especially around student loans, you know, and, and he's, he's, he's just too and slow. And HR 40, he did it already. He proved that he could do it for another community. He yeah, proved this. He, he's so just it's, too, it's hard to tell somebody right. that you can't do an exec, another executive right. order. Right. It's hard to tell somebody, you know. Well, so I think he's going to come up with a lot of executive orders. He better in order to get um, us interested and engaged to again. get people back engaged because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to say us because I'm completely for it. I'm, I, I, I cannot sit and allow the Republicans to go further with what they're doing. I, I get it. You understand what I'm saying? So I will do anything that I can do in order to get them done and then I focus on this old dude to stop walking so slow. Or, my, message, my message to black people, brown people, Native Americans, Asian Americans, minorities, LGBTQ voters, my message would be look at what the other side is doing to keep you away from the ballot box. Look at what is going on. If your vote did not have real power, if your vote did not mean something, if your vote could not affect meaningful change in our society, the other side would not be passing laws. They would not be redrawing political districts. They would not be trying to stop mail-in balloting, which has been around since 1864, by the way. Mm. None of this would be going on because they would feel confident that people would vote for them. They don't. So they're trying to unbalance the scale. That's why voting for everybody across the board, but especially people of color, Asian Americans, LGBTQ, all the minorities and marginalized groups is especially important because we may not by ourselves be a decisive voting block, but added together? Absolutely. Look what happened in Pennsylvania in 2020. That was black people voting. I have no question in my mind about that. And look at what what happened um, in Georgia, in Alabama, rather, Mm -hmm. and Georgia. Georgia Mm -hmm. turned turned out two senators Mm -hmm. blue. Um, Nathan, it is two minutes before one and this has been a wonderful discussion for me um i i I feel enlightened in some ways and and um encouraged and inspired to to do more some kind of way so i want to thank you for that and thank you for your yes to protect the vote in pennsylvania that's amazing i knew she was going to come through I knew it. Absolutely. You got to come back. Maybe we'll have you back in a month um, because, of course, there will be more shenanigans before that. 
and next mm-hmm. time we have to do our rapid fire with you. We mm-hmm. ain't even we. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's just so much to cover, and and I still have questions and things I want to discuss. So I I, I think Therese probably does too. Thank you, Nathan, just for showing up and doing what's necessary to do to be the change in the world. This is what it looks like, good people. This is what it looks like. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you so much. Extremely welcome. And um, Nathan, how can everybody follow you, find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Nathan James FB. You can find me on Instagram at NathanJames64. You can find my political page, which is in my government name, Jeffrey Scher, at Jeffrey Scher, PHL on Twitter. And uh, I just, uh, the big reveal here, there's my election certificate in my government name. It's, uh, All right now. elections in Philadelphia. Nice. I'm very proud to be, and I certainly will not disappoint my constituents or anyone else. Oh, God bless. I'm so proud of you and happy for you, Nathan. Um, Pennsylvania, you got a good one there. Oh, yeah. Thank Be you. safe, stay warm, and it was a complete pleasure, as it always is, to be in the basement with you. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, everybody. Did Thank it. you, Rezzy. God bless you. Pop, I'm going to call you. God bless everybody. Have a great, great rest of your weekend. Ooh, stay mm-hmm. warm. <laughs> Freddie Jackson, and you're in the building with Javon and Therese for old time's sake. Hey, everybody, this is Kenny Bobian, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hi, this is Robin S., and you're listening to Javon and Therese in the basement. Show them it up! Thank you, y'all. Hey, this is Avery Sunshine, and I am in the basement with Javon and Therese. Shine. What's up? It's your girl, Monifa, and you're tuned in to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, it's your girl, Allison Williams, and you're in the basement with Javon and Therese. Hey, this is Lenny Williams, and you're listening to Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese playing my kind of music. No longer alone with my homegirl Therese on the microphone. Music politics are just chatting it up. Brunch in the basement, see that's what's up. You never know who might run through. Legendary artist or someone brand new. You miss a lot when you miss one day. At least that's what I heard somebody say. But it doesn't really matter what whoever says. It's always a good show with your bonnet Therese. Yeah. Brunch in the basement with your bonnet to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, everybody's a friend in my head. I already know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> One day I'll tell you about me and Shaka Khan, but you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't know anything about it. But anyway. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She just she wasn't even there actually. But anyway, but she did um, mention. None other than Shaka Khan as one of her. Why you gotta say, wait a minute? 
She did mention, no, I have been shot a gun. I'm like, where does your voice go? What happened? What's happening? Even the mere mention of her name. <laughs> Silence. Oh, gosh. Would you believe I'm blushing? Just- yes. Hard. <laughs> You're speechless blushing. That's the thing. Speechless blushing. Brazzy, I can't help it. There's a shocker rehab, you know. If there's a cure for this, I don't want it. I don't want it. Oh, princess, though, Jay. I'm going to send y'all some perfume. I'll, I'll definitely I'll get an address. I'll send y'all some perfume. You can send me some cologne. Because, I mean, oh, you know. Cologne. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just in case I me some cologne, I want to smell really, you know, oh, nice. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, dokie, man. Whatever you say. I just wanted to wish everybody um, a happy Shaka Kanaka. Shaka All right. Thank you. Let, let's carry on. I'm sorry. Javon, there's a pill you're going to be able to take. I promise I have to tell them which way you went. With time, so and we thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, thank well, thank you. This part, that little piece, I'm just gonna keep and play it all the time for myself. <laughs> but no, just do this. And I think it's it's time, Therese, to do a little rapid fire with um, Mr. Richard Pryor, Jr. I think so. I think so. So, (laughs) (laughs) don't worry. We won't hurt you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.